0: Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast, Rockin' Life After Divorce. And today we have Spiros here today. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Pear. How are you? Uh, I'm doing so well, and uh, I love interviewing people. They already chatted for about 40 minutes before the yeah. podcast here. <laughs> and we have common interests talking about you know, relationships and how to navigate divorce. And I started this podcast a year and a half ago. And a friend of mine said, you know, we should start a podcast. And I was thinking, what should I talk about? And then I said, you know, I want to really help people going through divorce. And because divorce was one of the most difficult things, but also something that really changed my life 180 degrees. Kind of like a wake-up call. You can call it a catalyst, a kick in the butt. You know, something that uh, really made me have to start thinking because I was definitely in a big rut in my marriage, in my relationship. And uh, something had to change for me to be able to get on to becoming me in in a sense. I think uh, a lot of men are really hurting out there, dealing with divorce. Not only the divorce process itself, but maybe sometimes years afterwards they get stuck in this uh, downward spiral a lot of times depression loneliness suicidal thoughts and uh, my podcast is there to bring hope to people to help them break out of that rut that downward spiral and turn it into an upward spiral I usually say and we all learn from mistakes and the, the important thing is to learn from them and here is a short message to my listeners every Wednesday night at seven central, we have group coaching for anyone that's dealing with divorce or breakup. And that wants help in a group setting. It's via Zoom and you can sign up via the link in the bio below. We're usually around 10 people and uh, we have a great community where you can uh, just show up, hang out, ask you questions. And we also have a shorter Workshop where we talk about different subjects, and uh, we have recently been talking about uh, primarily about how to go from being lonely to having awesome friends. Please join us every Wednesday at seven p.m. Central. Sign up via the link below. And now back to the podcast. That's usually what I try to kind of like find out what you learned in this divorce process. And I know one thing that we're going to talk about here in the podcast a little bit later on. And I'm going to share a little bit quickly about was. Know, the importance of forgiveness uh, and what do you mean by that forgiveness is so important why is that so important in divorce
1: i think forgiveness is important for a couple of reasons the first reason and probably the most important reason is because especially if you have children i think forgiving your ex for whatever has happened in your divorce is important because it shows to children that you can be amicable towards each other And there is no hatred towards them because children can obviously pick all that up. Um, When when you're angry and you're bitter for what has happened in your separation or divorce, your child can pick that up. It shows the children that you you can still coexist between each other, even though you're not together anymore. But it shows a maturity towards your children, and you know it's really important for them to see that. I think um, being amicable with your ex is very important for your children because, like I said, it shows them a level of maturity, and even though you're not together and you're not living as a family unit anymore, it sort of shows, dare I say, a respect for their mother. I think it's really important. And the second reason is for yourself. I mean, (laughs) simply for yourself, because how are you meant to move on? How are you meant to move forward and heal and thrive without forgiving someone that has hurt you? It's not easy to do. You don't just wake up one day and just go, well, I'm just going to forgive. It takes time. It does take time. It takes a lot of inner strength. It's an ability to let go. Okay. And once you let go, you you feel weightlessness. You feel that um, you don't have that heavy bearing weight down and you're pushing you down deep inside because that is what keeps you, I think, in that downward spiral and keeps you in that dark hole, so to speak that you mentioned before. So it, it, it helps you release. It releases negativity in you and it means that you can move forward in a new life.
0: That is the key right there. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit later on how you do that, because I know so many men struggle with unforgiveness. And I usually say that unforgiveness is same thing as eating poison and hoping the other person is going to die. It's, (laughs) it's poisoning you, the unforgiveness. Uh, So it'll be an introduction to you. Uh, You've been separated for three and a half years now and, uh has transformed your life through change of mindset. I think that's so, so important, emotional intelligence, working on yourself, you know, being aware of who you really are and uh, a belief system by fitness, style, and dating. You also have your own YouTube channel and Facebook group called G-Man. We're going to hear a little bit more about that too, and you're giving back. I think that's one of the most important things when you go through strife is to give back. I have... A family member that uh, dealt with the alcoholism for a long time. I've been included or involved in AA, quite a bit. And I know that the 12th step is to reach out and starting to be a sponsor and helping other people. And that's such a big part of the healing process. So I usually say that to people that go through divorce, find a place where you can start giving of yourself because then you're not so focused on you. You're more focused on others, and then your problems become smaller. So that this little introduction to Spiros, and uh, you're in Australia right now. We're pretty much uh, opposite sides <laughs> of so, so the world. That's pretty crazy. I
1: am, I am right down under, my man. Right, I'm absolutely yes. It's yeah. This beautiful country of ours, Australia, absolutely love us.
0: So. What I want to ask you, and I usually start, you, you went through something very traumatic in your divorce. And for me, it was extremely difficult. The most difficult thing I've ever done in my whole life. So how did you start healing? What were the first steps you started taking to heal from the separation?
1: Good question. Yeah. It's a number of things. I think first and foremost, for me personally, in my story, surrounding yourself with good support, a network of family. And friends now being a Greek, I have lots of family, (laughs) (laughs) lots of cousins and lots of family. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that respect because I know a lot of men that are, I know some other men that are divorced don't have that family around them and that's hard for them. But yeah, for me personally, lots of family, my, my family were my go-to people and my friends and, and a particular uh, best friend of mine who was with me, who actually funny enough, my best friend was also divorced at the same time that I was divorced. So we supported each other and that made a massive, massive difference having that support there. But also for me personally, through fitness, through changing my wardrobe, so to speak, through style, through my image, how I looked, and some experience dating. And I think with fitness in particular, we'll start off with fitness. Fitness was really, really important. I say to every man that has gone through divorce, First thing you've got to do is look after your diet, healthy diet, and fitness. I know a lot of guys you know they want to get it, look, it's hard to get off your ass and do something and and motivate yourself. It really is, especially when you're in a in a depressive state and you don't want to get up in the morning and you're tired and and you feel depressed and you don't want to face the world. but it's so important to do that because what it does and what it did for me is like I try and exercise. Every day without fail, every day. And what it did for me is it transformed, obviously my body. Obviously it's the first thing it does. Your health transforms your body, your image, but it's the endorphin rush. Okay. It's the release of endorphins that after you've had a workout, whether it's a run or hitting the gym or going for a walk, you feel great. I start off my mornings. I get up early. Dare I say, I get up very up early in the morning. It's hard to do. I go for a quick 30 minute run. And I come back I do some sit ups, some push ups, some weights, and then I'm ready to tackle the day, and I feel great. So for me, fitness is really, really, really important. And diet, obviously, they sort of go hand in hand. But being a cheeky Greek, I do like my uh, my Greek, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a Mediterranean uh, food is supposed to be one of the best. Absolutely, of course it is. Everything Greek is the best. So <laughs> but look, yeah, f- uh, fitness is really important. Really, really, I, c- I cannot stress that enough. And But then also, while I was keeping myself fit, I invested. Now I call it an investment. I invested into a new wardrobe, and you know, a lot of a lot of men don't see buying clothes as an investment. Men would probably prefer to spend their money on a brand new TV or, or you know, a a nice car. And if you can afford those things, do it. Do what you do to make you feel good. Okay, everyone is different. But for me, it was obviously because I wanted to get back out there and date and get some experience and just have a little bit of fun after my divorce. I invested in, into clothes mm. and um, you know, I spent lots of money on a wardrobe, but it made me feel good. And and I guess with a combination of losing some weight and you know my body started to transform. I started looking good. I started looking at myself in the mirror, going, no, I'm looking good. And then wearing some clothes that I looked good so people would notice me people my family would start saying to me you look different you look like you're you're aging backwards you know you, you're not aging anymore you're actually aging backwards because I started feeling young dare I say I started feeling young and that made me feel great that made me feel really good that confidence booster made me feel really good and then it was a combination of trying to do online dating Yeah, online dating Online dating has its challenges and can be very difficult and very frustrating. Okay. I know a lot of men that struggle with online dating and give up because it can be very, very challenging and, and tedious.
0: I actually have an episode on that on TikTok about uh, organic dating where oh, you can it? actually yeah, go to it? the grocery store and, and date. <laughs> oh, oh! I got to
1: see this. <laughs> I got to check this out. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look this up.
1: I'm going to look this up because look, it is. And that's the thing, we, you can't just think that online dating is the only option because it's not, okay? It, no, I
0: I think organic dating, that's like I met my girlfriend on the tennis court. Uh, I yeah. think one of the great ways to find your future spouse or girlfriend could be in an area where you have common interests. For example, Absolutely. I joined the tennis club. It's like 150 people there and they have so much fun there. And uh, yeah. Different ways to get out because a lot of people get stuck at home after divorce. You sit there feeling sorry for yourself. And I say that all the time, join some kind of, you know, I I go to church, I I have people at church, I have a tennis club, I play golf. To find these interests, to start getting out among people and, and to develop these friendships. I don't know, you seem to have a bunch of friendship, but I also know in your Facebook group, I assume a lot of people are dealing with loneliness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're you're right. You're spot on. And I agree with you a hundred
1: percent. I think you can't just limit yourself to online dating. I think another way to heal from a divorce is find yourself a hobby. When you're married and you have children and you're working day to day and you're in that daily grind, you put your needs second. Okay. so. Divorce gives you that wonderful opportunity to now do things that you've always wanted to do. And so why not go out and do that hobby that you've always wanted to do? Why not go, you know, the guitar lessons that you've always wanted yeah. to do, go buy that guitar and get those lessons or go play golf that you want, you know, the things that you've always wanted to do, why not do them? Get out, get yourself outside of the house. You're right. get out of those four walls, get yourself outside of the house, find a hobby. We all have hobbies. Okay. Yeah. So. Find something that you want to do and yeah, just jump into it and get yourself involved. But that's also how you meet people. You're right. That's, that's right. How
0: you can meet people because, and that's how you meet not just girls, but friends. I think initially it's more important to gain awesome friends. And it's, mm. it's funny that you and I have a very similar, my best friend, and I didn't know him, you know, going through the divorce, I got to know my best friend now. And we actually went to the same Bible study at church. And we met there and he's gone through divorce about a year earlier before I did. I was staying at Airbnbs for like six months. <laughs> and then he said, why don't you come and live with me and roommate? So we roomated for a year and a half. And, uh, we are so close friends. You know, I've never had close friends, like mm. where you can share anything that you're going through. And I have two of those friends now to have these friends that, uh, one back in Sweden that also gone through divorce because. You mentioned earlier you reached out to your family and friends. My experience was that I reached out to family and friends, but it wasn't really them that could help me. It was the people that had gone through divorce that could help. Yeah, me. Uh, they could relate to the pain I was going through because I don't. I, I know they listened, the family listened, but I didn't. Never felt that they really got me, yeah. and uh, it was those two persons that. Really understood me and spent time. We talked, and it's like that was w- one of the biggest uh, parts of my healing journey. But to reach out, I think it's so important to find friends. Uh, I think uh, it takes time to be able to be ready to start dating. If you just rate dating to, to find some friends, yeah. But if you're really looking for your lifelong friend, I think it takes probably a couple of years at least after a long r- relationship before you're really ready. And I really love that it. about your, your last post on your Facebook yesterday. Here's what you he said. How do you know when you have healed from divorce? And I don't think you should start dating until you have healed for divorce, because I usually say you attract what you project. If you're a broken vessel, if you're a broken person, let's say you're dealing with loneliness, depression. You're going to attract other people that are similar to you. If you're an awesome dude and you you for example like you said you have, you worked out you, you're physically fit you're eating right but you're sending that energy of a positive energy you're going to attract another woman that has that same energy and that's what Spot you on. want so to, so to heal from divorce you said number 1 you have no bitterness anger longing or jealousy towards your ex i've come to that point it took a long time definitely I had to deal with infidelity. I had to deal with very traumatic things, uh, a lot of loneliness. Forgiveness is a decision. It's something that you decide, but a lot of times it doesn't come automatically that you feel that you're forgiven. And I usually say that whenever your accusations towards your ex has dissipated, that's when your complete forgiveness is really, you know, when you don't feel the, the accusations when they're gone. But how did you do that? you know, going through bitterness, anger, longing, jealousy, et cetera. How long did that take? And how did you do that? How did you forgive?
1: Okay. Good question. How long did that take? Well, I've been, what, three and a half years now. It's been for me, it took a good year, year and a half, two years. I think, I think, look, for me, it was really, it was really about my children. We always talk about what divorce does to, to us. But it also, I mean, it knocks our children around a lot. God knows what they think in their mind and what they're going through and how they're feeling through all this. But for me, it was really important to do that for my children. And I had to be a better man, basically. I had to be an adult and be a grown-up and not be a child and understand that no no one is born evil. (laughs) But I just, we... For me, I've always had the understanding that People make mistakes. People don't, people, we don't set out to hurt each other. No, I I, I truly don't believe we need to We're not, we're not put on this earth to do that. We're not set out to do that. There's something in our life makes us do it or some circumstances push us towards doing that. I'm a Greek Orthodox. So I believe in some higher power. I believe in a God. I believe in forgiveness because for me, it's, it's important to forgive people so we can let go and move forward. It did take a long time. Don't get me wrong. It does take a long time, but you've got to go through all those emotions. I think first that the anger, the bitterness, the hatred, you've got to go through those first to get to the end of, to, to the point of forgiveness. And I went through all those emotions and those emotions have passed now. And that was just time. But as I grew myself and as I worked on myself as a human being to become a better human being. Slowly enough, as I was becoming, as I was thriving, so to speak, I was also learning to forgive because I found happiness in my divorce. Funny enough, I was happy. So in a way, in a way, dare I say it, not that I would ever sit and tell my ex-wife, but in a way I want to, I want to thank her for what she did. I mean, it's a funny, it's a bittersweet thing because I'm a lot more happier now. I'm a lot more happy because I feel a lot more free. I feel a lot more, I, I love the independence that I have. I have a closer relationship with my children too, because of that, because it is just the three of us, you know, me and my boys. When I have my boys, uh, I share 50% custody with them. So I have a much better relationship with my children. So that's a blessing in a way it's a blessing in disguise. And, but we don't see that at the start. We're not meant
0: to see it. But you said that you worked a lot in your marriage and that was part of uh, your, you know, contributing factor of the demise of the relationship. Have you uh, prioritized different now? Compared to during their marriage, when it comes to work and spending time with the kids? I have. And the sad thing
1: is, is that when I was in my marriage, I was working day and night, day and night. I would come home, you know, say hello to the children, have dinner with the children, bathe the children, because they were young back then, you know, and spend a bit of time with them, put them to bed. And once I put them to bed, back into the office, the home office, I would go and I would work to all hours of the morning. And I was doing that, you know, three, four days a week. Because I felt that I had to, I felt the only way I could grow this business was to work hard so I could support my family. Yeah. Because as men, I think we're programmed to think that is our number one role in the marriage is to just support that family, but it's so much more. And it's not, and it's not all that. So I don't do that anymore. I lost my motivation to work, to be honest with you. I wasn't motivated because obviously I was going through a very hard time. So, my motivation, I had no motivation to work. But funny enough, as time went on, I realized that, you know what, I actually don't need to work that hard anymore. And now I prioritize my children and I prioritize my partner before work. And I always will. I have learned what I did wrong because a divorce is a two way, you know, it takes two to tango. Yeah. It's a two way street. But I know what I did wrong. I accept what I did was wrong and I acknowledge what I did was wrong. And I never want to do that again. I, I really don't. I don't want to go through all this again, <laughs> you know, I have learned. I've learned that work can get put in the back shelves. You don't have to work as hard yeah. as you do. It's, really because family is more important.
0: It's so much about prioritizing what is important in your life. And it was the same thing for me in my marriage. I worked way too much and did not prioritize uh, my my wife at the time. And also, you know, I have four kids. It was a lot of driving <laughs> to uh, events and hockey events. And uh, it was just such a busy life. I really have to... Uh, I'd spent a lot of time, you know, after the divorce to reevaluate life and also trying to figure out you know what do i love to do and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about that uh, trying to find a hobby i think that's crucial when you go through something very very difficult to find things that you like to do to bring happiness back to bring joy and also connecting with people it's so mm-hmm. important to have people in your life people are made for human connection it's uh, you you will die if you don't have human connection and, uh, it's uh, such a epidemic nowadays with loneliness, not only in, in uh divorce, but everywhere with loneliness, people don't reach out, people don't even know how to develop a, a close relationship with somebody else. It's talking about hurt. I had so much shame uh, uh, going through divorce. I didn't want to share with anybody because I felt like a failure but a lot it was a lot thanks to me starting to share about the divorce that taught me how to be vulnerable and that got me my closest friends now uh people that can't open up and and have this facade trying to be these tough guys uh and pretending uh, to have everything together having their nice house you know having their their nice car and having their you know perfect quote family and you can't be vulnerable you can't get deep fulfilling relationship without vulnerability being able to to be you who you really are is that something that you had to deal with i know you said that you felt like a failure going through the divorce initially have you always been able to be vulnerable and open or
1: look i'd like to think i was but maybe i wasn't you know talk to my ex-wife she might say the complete opposite thing but um I am now in in my new relationship. I am vulnerable and I'm empathetic. And I've learned a lot about women and I did that on purpose. I wanted to learn more about, I guess, uh, relationships after my divorce because I wanted to get the next one right. And you're right. Being vulnerable is important, but a lot of men, I mean, we're built. We are built from at an early age to not be vulnerable. We watch TV characters like superheroes, Batman, and you know, we all want to be these supermen because we feel that men need to be strong. We're not allowed to cry. We need to hold the family together. We can't show any signs of weakness because we're a man and we need to be strong. But that's where things go wrong because when a man holds it all inside and becomes, dare I say, a robot and just works on a day-to-day basis and is not vulnerable and does not show any emotions towards his children or his wife or his partner, that's where things break down. So I'd like to think that I am vulnerable now. And being vulnerable really shows my partner, you know, it shows her that I'm empathetic as well. And I think women really embrace that from a
0: guy, you know, I know that women say that it's a very, very attractive when a, yeah. a man can be real and be open and, and raw, but it's a big lie. And a lot of men thinks, you know, I can't share my hurts because I'm going to look weak. It's quite the opposite. I think it's a mature man, an adult that can actually talk about his difficulties and can be who you really are instead of just hiding behind these walls of a mask.
1: That's right. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, how do you connect to people? You connect with people by being open, by being vulnerable and by letting people in. And that's really important for a woman, really important. It's what women really seek from a male. And a lot of men don't do it. (laughs) Like you said, a lot of men just keep it inside. And that's probably the worst thing they can do. That's because that's when uh, a break happens in a relationship.
0: But it's not only in romantic relationship, it's with friendships. For example, one Mm -hmm. of my best friends, we had just met once or twice. I barely knew him and we went out for lunch. And then he shared, he was dealing with extreme anxiety, extreme anxiety. And that's not something that you usually go out and tell people. You know, he said, I never shared this with people, but he felt safe with me. So he shared that. And then I shared what I was going through with divorce. This was like three, four years ago. And Mm -hmm. by us opening up and being authentic with each other, it bonded us into an awesome friendship, a bond between us and that we can trust each other. And, And I think that's one of the keys for people that are dealing with loneliness to be able to start being transparent and open with people. If you just talk about sports and, and weather, you're not going to develop close friendships. And so many men are struggling with how do you really develop friendships where you can actually talk to them about what you're going through in the divorce. I think that's why, I mean, that's how we, me and you, met.
1: we met uh, through Facebook. I think Facebook groups are, are really important. Private Facebook groups for divorced men or, uh, are really, really important and are one way to meet and open up. I mean, only last week I organized a bit of a a meet and greet with some of the G men on Facebook groups that I haven't met before that live in South Australia. And and I said, let's all meet. We all met and we shared a drink and shared our stories. And, but now I've got a bigger circle of friends and so do they, and we all opened up and we just sat there and we spent a couple of hours out by the beautiful beach in South Australia. And we just, and we just chatted. And it's a great way to meet people. It's really important for men to do that. Like you said, a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys just stay inside their homes and don't go anywhere. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do. It really is, but it is hard for some guys because I know, like you mentioned your friend who has anxiety. I know some guys have anxiety too. And how do you deal with that? You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not I'm counsellor, but how do you deal with anxiety? How do you get yourself out of the house to meet people? Yeah, it's tough for some people. I know. But there are ways. There are always
0: solutions, okay? There are solutions. Yeah. You started the the G-Man. You mentioned the G-Man group. And we already talked about the importance of giving back. What was the reason why you started the group?
1: Well, the letter G stands for many things. You just said one of those words, giving back. But the letter G in G-Man, a lot of people ask you, what is G-Man? What does it stand for? The letter G, obviously, the letter G is taken from my surname, obviously Giannacopoulos. But it also stands for becoming a greater version of yourself, okay? But it also stands for giving back. It stands for being grounded. It stands for growing. It stands for being a gentleman. All these things that the letter G stands for. So basically, G-Man is about becoming a greater version of yourself. And how do you do that? Well, you do that through, I believe, through shifting your mindset, positive mindset, but also through, through fitness, through style, and, and through dating. We spoke about fitness. We spoke about style, how style, you know, if you look good, if you look good and you feel good. But a lot of men, a lot of men, you know, when you talk to men about the latest, and I'm not talking fashion. I I have no idea what the latest fashion trends are. I'm not saying I'm not some fashion guru, but I know what works. And I guess I'm I'm lucky in that way. I'm a a graphic designer by trade. So I know what colors go with what. I have that gift. I'm lucky. But with G-Man, I'm trying to sort of help. Some guys on there will come to me personally and ask me about I'm going out on a date. I don't know what to wear, you know. <laughs> um And I'll try and give my I try to help <laughs> them as much as I can. I've done uh, I've done a bit of a Facebook, you know, you know. The guy will go to he's went to a store and he'd be like, "What shoes? And what shirt? And what jeans?" and and I'll sit there and go right, get those shoes and that. And, um, and it comes down to confidence. If you have confidence, uh, you can wear anything, and you can make anything look good. But also through dating, and when I say dating, I, I don't mean going out there and finding the next woman of your dreams. Okay. That was not my intentions. I dated because I wanted to meet people. Number one, I wanted to meet people. And when you date females, it gives you some experience because you know, I was married for 22 years. I can't remember what you even say to a girl, right? When you are on a date. So it was scary as hell. But you know, the first couple of dates were pretty scary, but then after a few others, you build up your confidence, you build up your self-esteem and you make friends as well. And you can learn. Obviously the women that I dated were all divorced. So you share your stories, you learn from your experience, but I didn't go out trying to find the new love of my life. That were not my intentions, but when you're not looking, that's when it always happens. And now I've been with this particular beautiful lady for the past two and a half years. And my intentions was never, ever to get serious ever again, because, you know, after you get married, you're like, nah, that's it, after divorce, nah, I'm never going to fall in love again. I'm never going to marry again because you feel so hurt. But this girl just came and blew me away and I couldn't resist her. She, she's amazing. And we are very much in love and I'm very happy. I've never been happier, to be honest with you. And I'm in a great relationship now. We both understand each other because we both have had divorces and we've both learned from our experiences and we've brought that into our relationship and which is a really positive thing because I think the second time round, if you're smart and if you're wise and if you've learnt from your past experiences, you can make that next relationship, that next special relationship, even more better, even more magical.
0: I, I think uh, it, it's a very good practice when you're in the relationship because you can't do that by yourself you can take it uh, a certain step to learn more about relationships and how to interact but when you're dating you find out okay what are your triggers what are the things that actually makes me feel bad and if you're both on the same wavelength where you want to grow and when you can talk and communicate like i said before i coach couples through it's a guide by john Gottman. he's a probably one of the most well-known persons when it comes to relationships, to learn how to argue. One of the most important things, it's very healthy to have a disagreement. If you have Mm. not had a disagreement before you get married, that's a huge red flag because you're going to have disagreement. You will have problems. And if you don't know how to solve these, it's really, really difficult. So unresolved conflict will destroy your relationship and you need to be able to resolve conflict. A lot of times you carry stuff from your past that triggers you. It's not necessarily your partner that's triggering you, but it's something that your partner is doing that comes from your past that's triggering you. And you have to start re-examining yourself. Why am I feeling this way? This is crazy. It is in your new relationship, but a lot of times what you do, you blame the other party for those triggers, but it's actually something from your past. Yeah, absolutely. And to be grown up and an adult and and start to ponder, you know, why am I feeling this weird? Uh, And and like, uh, and also communicate with your partner about it. You know, I feel really awkward right now and I don't really know why I'm feeling this way, but something that you just said is actually making me feel really weird. And I'm not blaming it on you. It's just something that's, and be able to talk about it. Absolutely. I think it's really important to
1: be, to be yourself and to be authentic and just sort of going back to dating as well. I know a lot of men, they lose their self-esteem and they lose their confidence and, and they try and be something that they're not when they're dating. Okay. And I just say, just be yourself, be authentic, yeah. be open, be honest. And if the person that you're with, if there's something there, it'll work. If there's something not, it won't, but that's okay. Because you've met someone, you've learned some, some experiences. And then it's onto someone else where you will connect with, but it's really, really important that you've got to be authentic and you've got to be yourself. Stop trying to be someone that you're not because sometimes feel that we all live behind masks. You know, we always try and pretend to be someone we're not. And something that divorce has taught me, get that mask, throw it away, stop living this, this fake life and stop being this fake person, be authentic, be yourself. And, you know, I'm 48 now, so at the end of the day, I don't really care what people think anymore.
0: That's very healthy. (laughs) You know, it's the same thing. You know, when you grow up, become mature, you don't worry so much about what other people think. But when you're younger, you worry so much. But I think authenticity is extremely attractive. I say the same thing in in dating. Be yourself. Because if you're looking for a long-term relationship, they're going to find out sooner or later anyhow. So why not be you from the beginning? That way you don't have to uh, to fake it. We're running towards the end of the podcast and it's been such an amazing chat. We already said we're going to talk about a few other things on episode number two. So this is episode mm. number one. I always end with a question. Uh, if you can just imagine yourself talking to somebody that's just going through divorce himself right now and probably similar situation as you. When you went through the breakup right now, they're listening to this podcast. And what would your suggestion be for this person? The first few steps to start getting traction.
1: Yeah. Okay. So first few steps would be definitely, like I said, I think before I mentioned before, if you have a circle of friends and family, go to them, they're there to support and help you, but if you don't, because there are some people that don't have family and have no one to, to go to join Facebook groups, you know, just because We're so lucky in this world today that we can meet people online. So there is no excuse anymore. You can meet people online, join a gym, get fit. I cannot stress that enough. That is my first thing I say to a guy is start working out, start getting yourself fit. It helps you in so many ways. It helps you with your, obviously your, your fitness, your physical appearance, but it also helps. You know, when I, when I was exercising at the start of my separation, all that anger, all that frustration was just released, you know, because I did not have a workout and I just released all that bad, that negative energy was coming out of me. So definitely get fitness, join an online group if you can. Find yourself a hobby. Don't tell me that there's nothing you can't do. Oh, I can't find anything. That's bullshit, okay? Yeah. It comes down to you. You know, you are the captain of your ship. That's all there is to it. You are the pilot of your plane. You know, these excuses that some guys say, oh, I don't know what to do and I can't motivate myself and I'm never going to heal and all this and you're allowed to feel that way. Absolutely. We're all allowed to feel hurt and we're allowed to feel pain, but get up off your ass and you are the author of your own book. Okay. You grab that pen out. Like I said to my boys, when, when, when we first separated, I said to my boys, boys, I am now, your dad is now going to start the next chapter of his life. Life is a book. When when you're born, it's chapter one, and then when you go through different stages of your life, they're all different chapters. I'm now towards the end of my book, you know. I'm, I'm towards the not not the end, but I'm you know I'm 48, so I'm not getting any younger. But but I'm now sort of at three quarters of the way through my book, where I'm now writing my new life, my new chapter, and you know no one else can help me write that. I'm writing it. So we all have a choice. Picture how you want your life to be then paint that picture and then step inside that painting. There you go. Okay. And I personally, for me, I did that through fitness. I did that through family. I did that through friends. I did that through uh, style. I did that through dating and all those things helped me get to where I am today where I'm healthier. I'm happier. Everyone keeps telling me I look younger, which is great and i'm in love listen to that word in love i'm not just i don't just love i'm yeah. in love okay and that word in love makes all the difference i'm in love with this amazing woman that that everyone keeps telling me i'm punching above my weight but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> like, like i say to them it all comes down to confidence right if i believe i can then i know i can right yeah um And I think that's a major quality that attracts my partner to me is that when she first met me, you know, she just goes, you know, you're just, you're just full of life, you're full of confidence and you're real. And that's what attracts women.
0: I really like the analogy of of the painting. Usually when I coach people, a lot of people lose their sense of future. They lose their sense of uh, vision and purpose. And, uh, we talked about the five steps of grief, but, uh, a lot of times when I, when I coach, I talked about the sixth step is finding meaning in, in your life. Where are you going in the future? And start to paint that picture. What are you going to look like 10 years from now to start filling that in? For example, you're talking about being fit, seeing that fit person, not necessarily in 10 years, but in the future. And starting to make that uh, vision of your future very detailed and then setting up goals to get there. That's usually how I go through the coaching process when I coach people. To help people on that road, to hold them accountable to those goals that they set. Yeah. But this has been so fun to hang out. I wanna thank you so much for spending time on the podcast. And I know there are gonna be hundreds of people listening to this episode right. and gaining some momentum and being inspired by your story. Stories are so crucial to hear other people's stories. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Pair. Know, I had a great time and you know, hopefully we can do this again.